So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I just want to start off by saying thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Jesse Ravel. Jesse, you absolutely killed it on there, and we look forward to having you on again down the road. It's now for episode 63 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day right now. Hope everybody enjoyed the last episode. Um, I'm really excited tonight because we got a more laid-back episode, just me and Eric, and it's going to be a ton of fun. And I'll let Eric introduce what we're going to talk about now. Yeah, we're going to be doing something a little different. Last episode, we focused really on like media, entertainment, and all sorts of uh, like TV shows, movies, and all that music. So we're going to just bring it back to grassroots here. Just a good time in our lives and uh, one of most people's favorite seasons, which is the summer. Right around the corner, by the time this drops, it'll be the first day of summer, June 21st. We're recording this a little bit in advance, but we're, that's just how excited we are for summer. So yeah, we're doing a little summer special. We've already done a Christmas special, so we only thought it'd be right to do a summer equivalency, a summer solstice, if you will. You get the picture. So yeah, we're going to be breaking it down really, broken down into ages, I guess. So like our formative years during summer, like as kids and then as teenagers and then more recently as adults. So we're going to start off with way back, bring it back to when we were kids. We absolutely love summer, no responsibilities, no work, just running around in the pool and uh, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm going to throw it out to you first that I've rambled for enough here. <laughs> what are some of your fondest summer memories as a kid? I just want to start off by saying I, you saying no responsibility, like that's the key. No responsibility and no work. I tell my 10-year-old cousin this all the time now. I'm like, you enjoy your time right now, or he's 12 now, because you're not, you ain't getting summers like this like when you're older. When I look back at my summer as a child, I can only remember the good stuff, like the highlights, because it's so it was so long ago. And what I really like, when I look back, I really remember the family trips that we've that I've taken in the summer. The trips we've taken to uh, Prince Edward Island and Vancouver. Both of those, I was like, um, I think twelve and ten years old. What better way to like to spend like the maybe the last month of the summer, August, before you got to go back to school, like on a family trip where you're eating out at a restaurant every night. You get to like swim in the hotel pool or in on the on the beach. You have no care in the world. There's not no like you don't know what stress is yet in life. You know you're a kid. You have little problems, but they they don't really amount to anything yet. You know. Little story about Prince Edward Island. I still remember to this day. One of the days it was raining a lot, and we went shopping, and I remember buying a lot of Lego. Oh, and I mean, both of us more Lego stories to come, basically, but. The Lego, I still remember the exact Lego I bought there it was a dinosaur Jurassic Park-esque Lego. And I just, I still remember that. And it was over 20 years ago. So, I mean, that's one of my fondest memories, family trips. And Eric, I'm sure, like, what are, what are the earliest trips you remember with your family? Well, I didn't really intend to talk about this because it wasn't really summer. But just hearing you talk about Lego brought me back to <laughs> when we went to Disney in 2006. And we went to, like, a Lego park and I actually bought a Bionicle there as well and like that was like the sickest like it's not a lego but it's like close enough there and huge throwback bionicles it's such a good uh, franchise underrated but anyway so for summer specifically <laughs> like some of my favorite memories in the summer are just playing road hockey for hours on end just 
until the sun went down at eight or nine with our neighbor, or a few of our neighbors, like Joey, uh, Dan, there was Seth, like just a few, like these are deep sleeper references here, like if <laughs> Hoy Lake natives. So, um, yeah, those were just good times. And even like Julien Michel, who lived pretty close to um, us as kids there, he was like our go-to goaltender. So just a couple of name drops here. Why not? So, yeah, just playing hockey was always really fun. Summer camps. And Matt, I know you've attended some of these or one of these camps for sure, which was a classic that our, the DeRoche side of our family went to, which were tennis camps led by Aaron Shaughnessy. Just gonna keep firing names off, I guess. But that I was just his name, always so always like, good yeah. times there. Like yeah. the singles and doubles tournaments at the end of the week were always just cutthroat, and you always wanted to compete to the best of your abilities and bring home the hardware. I'm forgetting if I ever won any of these tournaments there, but I feel like I went I went pretty far most weeks. Anyways, I will say I was pretty solid as a kid. And there's also yes, golf were. camp that my brother and I went to at Greyhawk where my dad's a member and those like were important years for us to develop our golf game and I always remember this one year there was this young like pudgy kid who was like he was definitely like really well off like he dressed like a a somewhat of a rich little kid and he would always like he was a super chatty guy couldn't tell you his name so no name drops for him but he would always comment on everything that was happening we'd be like doing a, a hole and then if you'd get on the green and go to take your like to make your putt he'd just be commenting like easy to putt like shut up guy i'm trying to just make this easy to putt like i always remember that kid and um it's, I don't know, he comes up sometimes actually so it's pretty funny to just think back on those memories um another classic memory for me is definitely when we would alternate between either having our co- both our cousins Dylan and Sarah come to our house for a week and then us go to their house Zach and myself for a week we just like play a lot of games watch movies and one other quick story is I remember we used to go to like Rogers we'd get like six seven movies stock up for the week and then just crush them throughout this week and I remember this one year like we were pretty young and we rented planes trains and automobiles and this was at my uh, this is at our aunt's house and I remember she watched it with us and like we're just going along yeah it's a kind of adult movie but nothing too crazy happening there like it was hilarious like we really liked John Candy from having seen Uncle Buck as a kid as well which is like like a PG-13 movie at most like there isn't anything too crazy in that one but planes, trains, and automobile. There's the iconic scene with like just Steve Martin rattling off f bombs, and I remember that scene. My aunt was like, "Okay, yeah, we're gonna close this now." And I think we like she had forgotten about that scene there. And I did ask her if it was okay if I told that story, so it's all good. But yeah, I mean, those are some of my quick um, kid stories that I definitely cherish. Uh, wow, you said so much, Eric. First, quickly, like. Planes, Trains is rated R because of that scene. You know, it's the it's a great rant. One of the best ever. The tennis camp, that's what I wanted to touch on. You, When we all went to this tennis camp, you were more of a kid. And I remember, I was, a, I was the older kid, I believe. Like, I was, I think, 13, 14, 15, 16. I was even 16 on the lot the last year we went. So, like, okay. that's, those were the best, like, years of my summer life. Like, those, like, the 12, 13, 14, 15 and the tennis camp, Eric, was like always a highlight for me. I did, this is going to be really random, but you remember that kid Boyer? Yeah, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Boyer? 
<laughs> I was thinking of that the other night and I just started laughing hysterically. There was a lot of fun characters, a lot of yes. other characters at that camp. Yep. Sorry, just on Boyer quickly. It's funny <laughs> because he actually went to the same elementary school as me, Rain des Bois, and his name was Boyer to me. Like it was never oh, okay. Boyer, right? Because it was a French oh, okay. school. And I just knew this kid. He's a year younger than me. I knew him from Rain des Bois. I like, didn't know him that well there. But then it was only in the later years at that camp that I, like, I, you heard of him. He was often brought up by Aaron. Cause he was a big yeah. character out there, but I'd never seen him. I was like, who's this boy or kid? And then one year I was at the camp with, him. I was like, Oh yeah, boy. Like, yeah, that's boyer. It was just like put two and two together. It was just like a funny realization moment there. And yeah, yeah he was definitely a tennis camp legend for sure. Yeah. And he was pretty good at tennis. Yeah. Like, let's be exactly. honest. He was very good, but I mean, playing dodgeball when it was raining and baseball, soccer at that camp, and like the best part of it with for me was having you and Zach there, uh, my sister Dylan and Sarah, like all our cousins basically. And like, who doesn't want to hang out with their cousins and have and have loads of fun in the sun, you know? So a huge highlight. And honestly, my the, my best years were when we when I would attend the tennis camp in the morning, Eric, and then bike home with you and your brother Zach, and then babysit you guys for the rest of the day, <laughs> like. I can talk a lot about this part of my life. It was like, it was some of the best, Eric. I, it was way before I had a job. I mean, babysitting money like was like gold to me. Like anything I got was like, I felt rich. Plus, it's like I get paid to have fun with my like, with two cousins that are like, everything we did, Eric, yeah. like how awesome with the video games, Lego. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like you, you pretty much introduced me to Seinfeld and like created my love for it and I had to go buy all the seasons after and binge watch the show like crazy like you guys convinced me to get on board because I was more of a friends guy mm. and I still am huge friends guy here but uh babysitting to me Eric is like the my ultimate highlight if I look back at like what a great summer was Dude, that was probably the um, easiest job you ever had. You didn't really have to discipline yeah. us. It was just super chill and like playing games all day. It was awesome. Oh, I loved those those days too, for sure. Oh. And I still remember a lot of details about those days, Eric, because like it hit me so hard. Like it was it was one of the best times of my life. Like I remember like discussing, like awaiting the new Harry Potter book. And like we'd always like talk about that and new movie trailers would come out and we'd get all excited. Like, I don't know, we... Things were simpler back then, I find. Like, there was no uh, Facebook or Instagram, social media. There was still the internet, though, and we would always, like, browse the me the entertainment section. Let's talk about your pool, like, the pool at your parents' house. Like, Huge. that is an iconic location. And, I mean, you've, <laughs> you can probably, like, you have a story for, like, every weekend there, right? Um, but I loved your pool, Eric, or your parents' pool, and spending time there. That's another highlight. Yeah, the pool is like a catalyst for like just bring a, a lightning rod to bring people over. Like everyone wanted to hang out at our house and still do really. Like it's always a great location to have people over still to this day. And we'll talk about those back those days back in the day. Like I written I wrote that down of like playing couloir in the pool, Marco Polo, and I feel like I'm forgetting other games we used to play. But man, I loved like couloir. For those who don't know, quickly is you have one person standing facing the bushes on the diving board everyone else is under the diving board in the pool and then you have a color in your mind and then the person on the diving board is just rattling off colors and then he they can turn around to see if anyone's has gone off because as soon as the person on the diving board names your color you have to go swim silently to the other end of the pool 
and that was always so much fun, like just going stealth mode and trying to be sneaky to get to the other end of the pool. But you had to be quick because you had to like cross a certain a lengthy distance, really, because the person jumping in can cover so much distance in midair, and especially if you're diving, getting that momentum game over. So, um, yeah, I mean, mastering the art of holding your breath underwater was huge because if you're coming up for air, you're done. It's game over. And that was always like, that was a game I loved playing. I still do to this day. But, uh, and yeah, Marco Polo, I mean, doesn't really need to be explained. It's classic. But yeah, the pool was huge. And like, I remember even when we didn't have a pool, it was just all grass, which is hard to think of nowadays because now there isn't a single blade of grass in my parents' backyard. But we had like the, like the inflatable pools as well, which obviously not as, uh, spacious more mobile because you can just whip it around anywhere in the backyard like very very uh, nomad land back there if you will but that like that was fun too and like playing with water guns in the backyard too is always a classic but now the pool i mean can't go wrong in ground pool it's the best i like also playing with the volleyball in the pool right yes, or that yep. like that was oh eric just you hearing just hearing you describe Kular, like that brought back so many memories because I, I literally forgot about that game until you brought it up just now. I, I didn't remember that. I don't know why, but oh my God, I'm feeling very nostalgic right now. And I think this is going to be a very nostalgic episode. It already is. Yep. And another huge thing for me was Lego. I mean, I've loved Lego my entire life. I still do. Realistically, it's not something I do now because of the, of the price, but you had the ultimate legos like ultimate fantasy like setup of having huge tables with like lego boards on top and you can create anything you wanted which we did shout out and to you... my dad for making us that table that lasted us a long time like the amount of the amount of um structures we've been fortresses and just various worlds that we built on that table is unreal and even we even brought it to the ground at one point i'm sure you remember the infamous blockade we created like almost the whole basement was covered in lego mm -hmm. every like, no brick was spared and used creatively like we would never really of course when we'd get a new set of lego we'd make the new uh or like make that um, set as it was intended to be following the instructions. But after that, I was getting destroyed ASAP and we're creating something even cooler, yep. which is what I love doing, like the creative aspect of Lego and um, like storyboard, like having stories as well. Yep. Like I remember intricate yep. games that we'd play with Lego and like the amount of armor that someone would have on that we'd be like hitting these Legos against one another, like yeah. sword fighting and stuff. And oh my God, those are such good times. And I don't want to go over what you said earlier because it's super important. I'm so thankful for the era in which we grew up where there wasn't any social media and just being able to play and go outside a lot. And like we had to create our own worlds because we, didn't, we weren't really exposed to anything. Like you mentioned Seinfeld, but that's like comedy. Like nowadays people can just go on the internet, find something that's creative, and then they'll just copy what they see. Like we made our own content and didn't share it with anybody we just shared it with ourselves and that's what that's what mattered nowadays people are probably making blockades and then sharing it to get likes and stuff and not that i'm discounting their experience of having their own blockades but we didn't even have to have that sense of like validation it was just fun yeah there was no youtube there like i feel like if we did this today we'd be like trying to like film youtube videos on yep. it and create stories but and Eric, you had a ton, you and like you had a ton of Lego. I remember like 
three large containers easily and oh, easy, when we easy. when we made the plunge to dump them like on the floor and we're committing <laughs> to picking them up after which is so annoying yeah. but like that's the best <laughs> way to spread it out and look for what you need but yeah the stories i remember that like mini wars me you and zach like oh, yeah. we, we didn't really know where it was going but like we had a general arc and i think the bad guys won a lot if i'm correct <laughs> right because we always here's another memory folks that i'm sure some of you can relate to this, but we would watch The Phantom Menace and cheer every time. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even say this without laughing. Cheer every time a good guy died. <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> oh, I mean, it happens maybe three times in the whole movie, like in the in the background of a scene. But I don't know. It was that I still remember that, Eric, and it was great. And watching Return of the Jet, like any Star Wars movies, basically. And I remember watching Uncle Buck with you guys. Yeah and um great outdoors i was just gonna say that was another summer classic did not age as well though great outdoors we watched it a few years ago not that funny in my opinion anyways i didn't find that 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 sucks but uncle buck holds up good yeah that's one of my favorites like when he's holding the plates they're like unbreakable (laughs) (laughs) then just smashes it and it breaks i don't know it's like Uh. there's some slapstick in there but can't go wrong. Listen to our no. top five comedy episode there. You'll you'll know what we're talking about. But yes. Oh, man. Those are some classic summer movies. Another classic summer movie. I don't want to get too derailed here, but uh, <laughs> what about Bob? I don't know if we ended up watching that together, but that's just a movie that takes place in the summer too. Hilarious. Anyways, that's just throwing that out yeah. there. Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfus. And and it wasn't like we weren't always like the movie thing was rare. Like I, I even remember like we were like, no, we don't want to watch the TV. We want to yeah. like go play Lego or you go play what? outside. People talk to me like some of my friends at work will bring up like these shows like Bill Nye, the science guy, the weekenders, um, Boy Meets World. I don't know any random show like that. And they'll be shocked every time that I've never seen these shows. It's because I was never watching TV. I was playing outside lego reading in the t- in the pool hockey tennis camp eating a chip sandwich just like living it up obviously i did watch like pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. i think i've already said that on the pod but i don't know it's just too. like not never something i really wanted to do just watch tv burn daylight i also like i i can remember like yesterday playing road hockey with you and zach and like like you guys were good for your like you guys were really good. Yeah, I, I just I specifically remember Zach's shot was like terrifying at a young <laughs> yeah. age. Terrifying slap shot. Way better than anything I could have done. Like I was oh, yeah, I same. remember that like yesterday. Same. Uh and I mean he still has that shot, yep. right? Like it's you can see it at like breed. a Yeah, you can see it at that age already how amazing his shot is. Yeah. Um, I became a yeah. league all-star. He became a college star. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, we weren't indoors all the time. Like video games were there, but they weren't like what they are now. Back then, I remember as a young teenager biking with my friends and we didn't even know what we were doing. It was just like, do you want to come outside? You know, the, the pack of friends ride to your house with the bikes. Yep. They knock on your door. Hey, is Matt home? And then you're kind of forced to go out because you don't want to be like the one friend who doesn't show up to the party, right? So then we would all bike around and then eventually we would settle on a house. Okay, let's all go to Mike's house. And then we'd all go to that person's house and shove our bikes on the driveway. So if you're a kid rolling by, you're like, okay, well, I know where everyone's hanging out this afternoon because all the bikes are spread out on the lawn. 
perfect segue um, if you wanted to get into teenagers yeah. because that's what I was I was gonna talk about as well. Was I remember distinctly like just biking around with a few of my friends, just like exactly that, like going to someone's house and then doing whatever. But it was just how we went about things. Like we didn't have cell phones to text each other. We just like literally went to see each other in person, hang out like wherever at a park or at someone's house, playing also like still playing some activities too, like playing tennis. Yeah, just having good times in person. Like I didn't get my first phone until I was 14, but even at that, it was like flip phone and yeah. not really like texting that many people. Nowadays, it's like six computer. on iPhone X yeah. life or whatever there, but uh, biking around, like those are really good memories for me. And um, again, I, I some other stuff about camps there, but if you we'll keep going on the uh, biking. I'm just saying it. I think it's unfathomable for a kid today to think like someone just showing up to your house un like unexpectedly like that is super underrated. I think like yeah. that's what happened back then. And yeah, sometimes it was annoying. You're in the middle of a video. You want to complete a level in your video game and your friends are like there just show up and you're like, OK, I guess I, I got to go with them. But like now I cannot imagine that not with the ease of texting and using like Snapchat to just like there's so many things you can do to like be in contact with your friends back in the day. It was like, you roll up to their house and you're taking that chance that they're even home. Um, I miss that. That was a simpler time. Yes. It was a lot. It's a lot easier now to plan an event or go to the movies with your friends. You know, you just, let's all meet at this spot. Everyone knows where everyone's doing. I remember back then, like a friend's not showing up to the theater and we don't know if he got lost, if he's still coming, where is he? Is he at the wrong theater? We don't know. <laughs> Did we tell him the correct time? I don't know. And like we still, <laughs> I don't know. They're, we're not going to act like we had no means of communication there. We yeah. still have the landline, right? Like if you didn't <laughs> True. have your like best friend's phone numbers memorized, <laughs> like I feel like I still know some of my friends from back in the day's numbers because they would just be like, it would be um, just muscle memory and just dialing away. So we were, I think, more adept at having conversations over the phone and in person rather than relying on because we couldn't back in the day talk on like I only got like MSN even I don't even know if I was on MSN back when I was in elementary school it might have only been when I was when I started going to high school and I'm saying high school is in grade seven mm -hmm. so the internet was just coming around at that point for us but yeah man biking around was just the best and I also wanted to talk about like other camps that I went to as well okay and that was a question that we had asked on Instagram as well for like what other summer camps that people had gone to and uh, enjoyed back in the day so what i'm going to talk about now is one that my brother has also been to which is the ymca camp and this one i went to with zach my friend cameron and his brother alexi and we just absolutely ran that camp and i was in like going into grade nine so i was 14 yeah, I mean, we didn't know anyone. It was the four of us, though, so we had, like, a pretty solid squad. And I was one of the older kids as well, so it was quite easy for me to impose my will on people. And be. And I'm not saying that I was a terrible... Not at all. Like, I was a very nice older guy to the kids. But when we'd play, like, Capture the Flag, for example, like, this was a camp where we did a lot of, like, activities outside, like Capture the Flag, 
um, like a leadership building exercise. The only one I have in my mind is capture the flag because I distinctly remember me using two kids as a pawn so that I could go get the flag. I sent them in one direction because we were coming in with a lot of speed. Like it was two young kids who were running pretty fast, keeping up with me. I was like, all right, you two go that way. I'll go this way, grab the flag. And we ended up winning on my play. Not a big deal. So that was like just always a, a good... Anyways, that was a camp that um, just a lot of stuff went down at that one. It was good times. We had the opportunity to stay overnight. We didn't, though. Like, that was a camp where we actually went into in a bus and then shipped out into the wilderness and then came back oh, at the wow. end of every day. There was one night we could have slept there. We didn't, though. It's not a big deal. But there was this one camp counselor, Wesley, who was, like, six foot two, probably, like, 210 or something. He was a big dude. And we were playing basketball. And this guy was, like, dunking on kids and, like, selling hard in front of them. He was super competitive and just be like, oh, yeah. Like, it's like, man, like, relax. Like, we're, like, 12 years old here. It's obviously you're going to destroy us at basketball. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good time. So, Zach said YMCA. Did you go to a camp like this, Matt? I've only ever been to one camp, and it was... Oh, no, I've been to a lot of hockey camps, but no. The summer camps, it was the tennis for me. I would have I done the tennis camp every year if I could have, but I just... I, I think I started too old. Like, you guys were on the ball before me. You guys knew about this before me, and me and Izabed were kind of late to the party. And, like, those years, like, those were the years for me where, like, it's it's not going to get any better than this because guess what? Next year, Matt, you're going to have to have a job. And I think that's <laughs> when everything changed for me. Now, a lot of people don't know this, and I don't really say it a lot, but before I worked at Farm Boy at 16, I actually worked. I was a soccer referee when I was 14 and 15 years old. Like and talk that. about pressure, that job. Oh, my <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Like, everyone is... Like, you make a mistake, everyone's aware of it. It's not a job if... like. It wasn't for me back then. I had no confidence. I was not a confident person and uh, authoritative. And like, I don't know. You have to have a lot of confidence to be a referee. Oh, I hated it, Eric. I just, I, I quit after two years. I'm like, I just want to be the linesman now. Like, I don't want to be the head referee. I got yelled at way too many times. My dad actually, who would bring me to the games, got mad at a coach because the coach kept yelling at me and following me and criticizing me the whole game. That's and this is like you eight. This is like eight-year-olds. Eric, like seven, eight-year-olds. And he's like intensely walking pace, almost coming on the field during the game. <laughs> and my dad was like, man, if he had done any more, I'd like getting on the field to protect you. It taught me a lot of like what I don't want to do. Yeah, you, you know go. what I mean? So it was very a transformative experience of like, okay, I'm staying far away from that type of stuff. And um, like what 14-year-old has the kind of confidence to go toe-to-toe with a grown man who's yelling at you for incorrectly calling a game or calling a game to the standard that he would like you to meet, right? Yeah. Like it's totally uncalled for. So inappropriate for these adults to be ripping a yo refs have the toughest job, especially yeah. refs for youths, youths in any sport, really. They take it from the parents, and we're still gonna focus on your experience here, not gonna just go on like hockey refs and stuff there. But that's brutal, man. And good on FC for getting in there and having your back as needed. Because, man, like, and I don't blame you for quitting. Like, good mm. on you for going into a more stable career path. Mm. Because, like, refing, it, I don't know if it gets uh, better with years, it, but it, U8, U8s, they say, like, that's a tough group. Quick story. It's a funny, it's a good story, actually. It's a good, like, morality tale for people. My first night, my first ever game I had to ref, 
I remember this day like yesterday because it was so like, it was so memorable for me. It, it was a, a girls game, maybe you like the lowest level where like they split the field in three and they have little tiny nets and there's no goalie and the games only last half an hour. So like perfect setting for my first night, you would think the whole day. I did not, I did not enjoy the whole day leading up to the game. That was probably at 7 PM. I was a mess, like pacing back and forth. I couldn't eat anything. I felt like throwing up. My anxiety was th through the roof because what did that to me was just doubting like, oh, I can't do it. I f I'm going to forget all the rules. I'm going to like look like an idiot. I won't be able to blow hard. Like the whistle is going to break on me. Like every worst scenario you can imagine, and which is what people with anxiety do all the time. Any worst scenario you imagine, is you think it's going to happen. Of course, the game starts like my dad's driving me there and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know. Let's go back. Let's go back. So but on the car ride to the game, he told me he's like, Matt, you know, once once we finish, we're going to go see Troy tonight at the theater. And that's that was at the time where Troy was out at the theater, um, 2004 or 2005. And I had already seen that was my second time seeing Troy. I had already seen it the first time. So I was like, I was, you know what? Him saying that motivated me to get through the game so I could get to the theater right after. And it worked. The game went super, like it went by so fast. It's like half an hour, but I'm always doing something. So it felt like five minutes. These are little kids playing in a pack, pack soccer. You know, everyone follows the ball like sheep. So like, it's not even, there's no, no one's getting hurt. The ball rarely gets out. It's very easy to do. Basically the game ended. We went to see Troy that night, super late had a blast and I will never forget that day for as long as I live. That's awesome. Just man. the pan the panic and then the relaxation of like realizing I could do it and then just having like a kind of a reward going to the theater that night. Well, Thank you, dad. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's amazing, man. And um I don't know, like I don't really know what to add on that. Like I think you summed it up super well with yeah. the, like um the reward to motivate yeah. you and like to calm you down as well. I think like what I also could relate to for sure in there is like just that nervousness anticipation of something you don't want to do. But then when you get there, like it's fine. Like if that's classic, like who doesn't experience that regularly whenever they do whatever it is that they, they're not looking forward to. Like we always over hype these things in our head that it's going to be like a super tough task, whether that be like, I don't know. I'm just thinking presentation in my mind right now. Like that's something that typically yeah. people are nervous for there. But it's never as bad as you think it is. And then at, when it's done, like you can celebrate and like, go see Troy or whatever you want to do to reap the benefits of a job well done. I'm glad to hear. I didn't know where that story was going. I didn't know like there was going to be another coach yelling at you in this. Like <laughs> what sounded like, like there's no way anything can go wrong here. It's like pack soccer, yeah. 30 minutes. The, the <laughs> field is split in three for God's sakes. But you never know with these uh, hooligan parents. But that's great. Super happy to hear that. It's a very relatable story, no doubt. Did, did you, Eric, have like a, before having an actual full-time job, like a little job like that where like a seasonal thing in the summer, Eric, So when you were my younger? first job was, I was kind of late to the party, actually. I was 17, first job, so grade 12. I forget how I got this, but I'm pretty sure my mom hooked it up through a connection in that I became a, um, a dishwasher and a server at um, Le Manoir de la Résidence Bellecour, which is a residency for retired folk. I don't really have a story off the top about my experience there, like as in my time doing the work, 
but I do remember how like that's the only place I was ever fired. I was let go of that job actually. Whoa! And that was like did not know that either the day before or two days before my birthday too. So I was like going in there. I just worked the shift too, and then the supervisor or like the the manager, I guess, who was a huge asshole. Like I did not like this guy at all. Just very snobby and elitist, and I think took his job way more seriously than he should have. But then again, maybe like you can't. That's not a job you can just be joking around, being like a Michael Scott and being a manager who's very goofy at a retirement home, right? So he just calls me in his office, door open and everything. There's a couple of people in the background too. And I was hired on a seasonal basis, though. Like, I started around Christmas, and this was in April. He's like, yeah, so um, we no longer need to keep you on here, so we're going to let you go. Um, Thank you for your work for us. Like, very blunt. Like, there was no empathy in his dismissal of me. And the first thing I said was, is it okay if I use you guys as a reference? Like, so soft. Like, I should have, like, I don't know. I don't know if I had had it in me to yell at this guy. Or maybe there's, like, I was so caught off guard that the first thing that went to my mind is be polite, avoid conflict, set yourself up for the future, use them as a reference. So, I don't know. I got absolutely loaded, though, at my birthday to get over it. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, a tough one to swallow tough bounce for the kid but can confirm since then never been fired only quit jobs or quit one job it's good yeah it's good you didn't burn bridges no um, exactly i'm just trying to maintain these connections hey you yeah. know what if i see that guy i'll shake his hand he made me the man i am no he didn't no, i'm not giving him that on here but uh, go ahead. the reason i wanted to bring up like summer jobs was like that's to me that's like the start of like all right summer is not what you're what it used to be like point. Our innocence is gone. We can't just goof around our whole lives. It's the start of like being an adult, you know? So you got a job, like you were working at 14, 15, and then 16. Like it sounds like you had a job from then on out. Me, like my first summer job was construction. The same, Mm. like a few months after I got let go, actually. 18 was good for me. I worked for my dad's company or the company my dad was at. And um, I worked construction four summers in total. Wow. Took one year off to work at Boston Pizza, but this, like, you're getting in my 20s here there. But, yeah, 18, construction worker. Did not fit in, you know, not at all. <laughs> but I had the power of being, like, their boss's son, so that always helps. No one really no messed kidding. with me. Like, I was definitely nervous my first day. Oh, my God. Like, my dad drove me to the site. Like, I was so nervous. Like, I have no idea what kind of crew I'm going to be getting in with here. In my mind, like, very innocent at this point, like, this is pre-smoker days, you know? <laughs> I'm just saying. But, like, these guys were, like, obviously, like, smoking darts. And, like, like it, it's a typical construction crew. But I would say they were fairly nice. They are very nice to me, honestly. I don't have a bad thing to say about most of them. There was one who was, like, he wasn't a fan of me at all. Also named Eric, actually. And we didn't really get along. Actually, I had, like, a pretty rough, like, confrontational incident with him where I gave really? it back to him, and I was af- afraid of what this guy would do to me. Like, honestly, I spoke to the foreman, being like, I don't know, like, is this guy going to, like, damage my car or something? I was just worried of being on site with him. He ended up getting let go. I don't know if it's because I went back at this guy, but he was kind of a scumbag, so it's a good thing okay. he got let go. Anyway, so I've worked with a fair share of shifty individuals in my day. You said 16 years old, like 16. When I was 16, that changed the course of the next nine years of my working life because obviously, like I've mentioned Farmboy before on this podcast, I'm pretty sure. 
and 16 is when I yeah 16 is when I started working at Farm Boy and this is how it happened and it was total stroke of everything aligning that day for it to happen because it was not my intention to work at Farm Boy it happened because of uh, my cousin Sarah and my aunt my tante Nicole because she basically she phoned me or Sarah phoned me and said there's a job fair down the road at Farm Boy you guys should both go because we're both the same age we both walked to Farm Boy and there's like a lineup of like students for interviews, you know, we're just like, we just show up with our resume and we have no idea what's going to happen. We both get our interviews, but then they tell her, but then I get the second interview and she doesn't. So that was very awkward. <laughs> I didn't really want a job. She, I think she wanted to work there more than me. Obviously that's not the case because I worked there for nine years after, but anyways, I get the second interview and I'm like, I, I, now things are whirling in my head. I'm like, okay, this is not how today was supposed to go. I was supposed to go and like get dismissed. Why are they, why are they seeming interested in me? And I realized that the only reason they were interested in me is, or one of the reasons is because I was willing to work in the meat and fish department, which hardly anyone was willing to work at, in because it's like gross or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, I'm willing to work any department. No problem. No problem. And the next day I get a phone call, like, yeah, when can you start? And I'm like, oh, shit, like, they're calling, like, I don't want this to happen, but it's happening whether I like it or not. So I started working in the meat department and talk about eye-opening. I mean, everyone's first job is, like, you see what the world of, like, the working world is like. And I don't know, I guess I lost my summer because summer started becoming a little less fun. Like, I don't want to be a downer here. But it was not as enjoyable having summers where I was had to work now. I, I, I didn't like that. I wanted the days of like babysitting my cousins, <laughs> Eric and Zach, and like you and Zach, and I babysat my other cousins too. Um, tennis camp. Like it's like I lost all my, the good times were over it felt like my first few summers at Farm Boy. And I was finishing up high school too at the time. So it was pretty hard. Like academically, it was pretty hard too. That was a very hard time for me. I, I don't know. I felt like, summer there was no summer it was just like week work couple days off and then go back to work and no time for fun is that like that i know i'm sounding negative eric but i mean did you still have time to slip in fun i hope when you were working so, in the summer yeah no you're not being negative i don't think it's very accurate for most people so i will say like me i didn't ever i never worked during summer until i got i was done high school right so oh, okay. me and my friends did start working i did apply i don't like i don't know i guess i was just I wasn't as willing as you to work wherever, like as in like whenever I did get interviews, I'd be like, no, I don't want to do that or that, but I want this though. Like, yeah, no, we're not giving this guy another, another look. So I never got a job while I was in high school other than my stint at, um, bed cool there, but that was during the school year. Okay. So I was able to fully like really enjoy summer and like Zach obviously is younger than me. So I was able to just do stuff with him too. Like, cause he obviously didn't have a job. Imagine like he's working and I'm just like hanging out. I don't know. But, um, so yeah, no, I was able to like, really, I'm very fortunate and lucky that I was able to still go into camps until my late years. I forget what year I stopped really going to camps, but yeah, no, I never really worked during high school. It was only as of once I was done high school though, like construction that year I just talked about, which was an amazing summer for me. Like going into university, I was getting paid every single week. Construction was more a higher pay than uh, what I was doing at Belcourt. And like I said, getting paid every week was amazing. And though in those days, I was just discovering like what going to Gatineau or Hull 
to mm-hmm. go to the clubs was like. Like, I, I didn't go when I was underage. Like, I never went. I didn't have a fake ID or none of that. I was a good, I don't know, just like a very well-behaved young man. And then when I was 18, like, that's when I started going out more. And, like, that was, like, I was getting some solid cash. So I was going out a lot that summer, actually. Like, that was a peak summer at the um, at Addiction shout-out. And, um, yeah, those were good times for sure. I definitely look back at those summers. Like, for me, honestly, like, summer of being 18 on, like, that's where it, like, started shifting for me what summer was because I was actually getting paid and then was able Got to it. do stuff. Whereas before, it was just a free-for-all, like, just having fun and uh, a different kind of fun, though. Before we move on, though, to adult summer, I just want to ask you, Eric, I, I, I'm not 100% sure on this answer. That's why I'm going to ask you. Did you... When you were a younger teenager, did you end up going to grandmaman or our grandparents' house and cutting their grass like I used to do? Oh, yeah, you that did was that? A, a, sta- okay. a classic. Me too. And yeah. whenever you'd have to like bag them, <laughs> the put grass, the bag yeah. on the lawnmower there and like take the grass out and put it in a card uh, paper bag, that was the worst because they had a huge backyard. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I remember I took a picture. That's this is when I had a phone. I took a picture. It was at least at least eight huge paper bags to fill it up it was ridiculous i remember i was so mad yeah. cutting the grass <laughs> i was like are you kidding me right now but like yeah. you know what i look back at those days now and i'm so thankful i got to do that and like that was a good quality time one-on-one with our grandparents and mm-hmm. um i wouldn't trade that for the world definitely like my grand our grandma would like make us some great foods some classic cookies as well like play cards with her talk to my grand our grandpa and um yeah, those were really good times for sure. That That's what I'm cherishing the most out of this was like when I first, because I think I was the first grandson to start this. Might have been Maxim. Might have been Maxim. Good point. Yeah. I didn't think of that. But uh, our grandfather showing me like how to like put the gas in the in the lawnmower and the oil and ch- like showing me stuff like that was super cool, actually. Like I'll, I'll always remember that. Like those memories will never go away. Biking to their house for like 40 minutes. True, cutting the man. grass and about that. doing one lap of grass and then the bag's already full and i'm like oh my god are you kidding yes eric i felt i feel your pain i felt that exact pain but like five years earlier we were all <laughs> going through the same thing and i'm i think maybe zach may have cut the grass after you i, I don't think know we all did honestly like it was yeah. a it's a kind of a rite of passage oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> well said and then getting the meal and you know a little reward i don't know i hope you got paid i got paid oh yeah of course <laughs> okay that, that wasn't yeah. the reason why i did no you know? it no was it was nice it was with the yeah <laughs> the meal was good a good reward yeah, just in exactly. and of itself but no I, I loved it like sometimes cranking i would get there early i don't know about you eric but i would get there early and i'd be like all right, I don't care if I'm waking up anyone. I got so much grass to cut. We got we to gotta rip True. her up right away. <laughs> got to get the show on the road before it gets too hot. Yeah, for sure. I feel like True. it was the same for me too. Get there early, get her done. Yeah. And like also want to be, like, I mean, saying that I did love being there, like you still want to get home as well. <laughs> I know. I felt the same way. Is that bad? <laughs> no, no, no. It's yeah. all good. I, I, I look back so fondly though. It was such a simpler time. Again, oh. before any real job. Yeah. No, I, I um, love those summers too. And now I'm thinking, I'm just getting so many things rushing in my mind that I'm trying to pick and choose that I want to talk about. I do want to give a shout out though to Kilsen Ud, former guest of the show, who did also reply that she went to Cad Lamitsi, which is a similar camp to YMCA in that it's a leadership camp. 
I also went to that okay. camp. In grade seven, at the end of the school year, we went to Camp de l'Amitié. And um, that was awesome. And like that's where actually this would be leading into summer. So it was a good memory because our homeroom teacher, or no, I think, yeah, he was our homeroom teacher, Monsieur Blais announced to us that he would be our homeroom teacher for the following year as well so everyone was just ecstatic about that and it was a good moment that I all like I still remember to this day and like he was an awesome teacher and uh yeah I mean can let me say it was great times like it was just good team like bonding with my class as well back in the day and like doing stuff like that is just so much fun like zip lining some like trust exercises where you're like standing on the table, falling back, and then your group catches you and stuff like that. Like I know we did a wow. lot more than that there, but me and my buddy had this huge tent. We were just the two of us in the tent, and then everyone else were like five and six in this like very smaller tent. We we're just <laughs> living like kings in that tent. <laughs> that was good times. You'll never forget that, Eric. No, like, that's awesome. Uh, did anybody else? Do we get any other submissions for the camps? So those were the only ones for the camps. I just want to add quickly that <laughs> I went. I did go to another camp, and this was a big one for me because I did go alone to this one. This was the, the first time I ever went to a camp without either a friend or like a family member with me. It was a movie camp. I forget how old I was. Again, this is kind of going to follow the same line as the YMCA camp in that I was a bit older, like a year or two older than everyone else. All I remember about this camp is that at the end of the week, we had to make a final project, which was, which was a movie. And I remember I was with my group of like f maybe four other kids and I was just directing the heck out of that movie. Like it was my vision being put to the screen. It was a Star Wars themed movie. And this was the first time that like as a kid, I had done like multiple mo like mo home movies and stuff with the cousins and like friends and stuff. So that was something I was always big on so this is like a dream come true for me and i got to use green screen for the first time in this camp so that was a, like a revolutionary technology for the kind of material that i could put to the screen so like that was, we had like scenes in space and stuff and like i was editing it too like all right get out of the chair like i'm taking over here and like just say like, good times like that so yeah i forgot the name of the camp but it was i had a blast i remember i was nervous going to it as well right like not knowing anybody and absolutely also shy as a kid yeah, that was a big, uh, like those camps are huge, honestly, like for developing self-esteem and just like creating good like memories, obviously, and just life skills, like interacting with other people you don't know. Like it's uncomfortable for 90% of the kids who are going to these camps. Like they don't know anybody and they're just like thrown into this room and just like, all right, figure it out. Let's make friends. And it takes a bit of time, but it's always like, always a good experience. It has been for me anyways, so. Yeah, it builds character, and I mean, it makes you who you are now. Like you, you went to study abroad in England by yours. Like what you did there, going to England. Like that's we've already been over. Like yeah, exactly. talked about this in previous episodes, but yeah, no, I don't know. Sure. Little things happen. Like as a kid, you learn things, and then they apply to. They get applied when you're an adult. And speaking of adult, hey, there you go. Organic. Summer, summer now. Like this isn't. We're not just gonna about talk about like summer currently, but like anything that's happened as an adult. Because like we're like. These last two years have been weird for everybody. Like, let's not beat around the bush here. But uh, I think summer has definitely lost its magic as, like, after I turned, like, 18, 19. Like, uh, basically working my, like, working full time really changed my summer. Like, it didn't, there was no value to it. It was always, can I take a, va whenever I took a vacation from Farm Boy, that was my summer, basically. Two weeks off, then I can do whatever I want. During the summer, the stuff I like doing as an adult, and I'm, I mean, Eric, you're probably the same, is just, like, 
going to restaurant or bars with friends, patios, pool parties, just hanging out with the people we love basically and our friends. Personally, like one of my favorite activities is just like going on long walks, getting exercise in. And I love listening to podcasts and music. And that's like, I, I purposely seek these long walks as an excuse to like, oh, I get to listen to eight hours or five hours of, of a podcast right now or listen to new albums. Like it's my alone time. I wouldn't change it. Like I, I'm never going to stop doing that. So that's what I do during the summer when the weather's nice, basically. But like summer now is to me is is just like whenever I'm off, it's summer, like any time of year, if the weather's nice. I don't know if that if I'm making sense right now, like those those two months we had off when we were in school, that was actual summer because we don't have to go to school. But now it's like any day off is summer to me. It's whatever I can do, whatever I want. I'll stop rambling. No, no, no it's all good. Now, I see what you're saying for sure. But for me, there is a shift in like obviously not just the seasons, but I've been working now. It's been four years full time that I've just been at work. That's been my life. And I li- like you don't want to be someone who live looks forward for the weekend all the time. Like you don't want to be the guy in the office who's like, how's it going, man? Like uh, Tuesday and just like name, uh, name the day of the week kind of guy. And then being yeah. the person who lives for Friday and then the weekend. I'm not that person, but in the summer, the mood's just better, first of all. I find, like, my mood in COVID these days, like, as we're approaching less regulations and stuff, like, we don't really need to get into that already. But my mood is improving because of the nice weather outside and the ability mm. to do stuff that's fun. I go also go for walks. That's something I've been doing since I've just been working at home. Every day is, like, getting outside, getting some fresh air. That's huge. But for summer, for me, like, that's where there, there's a lot more happening and especially in the past, like in my early 20s to now, last year, maybe being an exception and this year, we'll see. Those are my favorite times of year because there's always something happening. And I'm going to just list the, my first favorite event of the summer that we've been doing for five, six years now is the Saloon Bros Pong Tourney, which is something that I, that was always my favorite day of summer. I know that's a fact for a lot of people who attended our, pong, our beer pong tournament that my brother and I hosted. Started in 2015. Just always a good time because we would bring like a lot of my best friends there and Zach's best friends, like most of our core friends would always attend. And then you'd have different people come in every year. And that was always fun. Like just, that's what I loved is just bringing the people together. I was running around like a madman that day. I was the one I'm I'm taking full credit for coordination of everything. Zach was definitely the smooth guy. Like he'll talk to everybody, like be very chill with everybody, but I'm the one like tallying scores and stuff and just getting my like, hands dirty and calculating <laughs> stuff and but we made it work every year it was always a super fun always a successful event and i missed that we didn't get to do it last year we did have like a, a get together of i forget how many we were but it was like there the restrictions had been loosened so we were able to do something it wasn't as big as it has been in the past but that's just always a day that like we circle on our calendar and like get that invite out a month in advance like lock people in you always have to account for the last minute flops, but there's always someone else ready to come. And uh, that's one of my favorite summer memories. Cherish those. I can still remember distinct games and shots oh, that were wow. made. Like when I talk about my faulty memory for beer pong shots that were made, <laughs> I remember stuff. Don't worry. So um, 
that's the first one I want to list for sure. But there's so much. Like just quickly, Blues Fest, Hope Volleyball Ooh. Tournament. Those would always happen at the same time as well in July. Always one of my favorite two-week stretches. Also, the play-on ball hockey tournament. So that was a street hockey tournament that is no longer a thing. It's been canceled for a few years, but we'd always put together a team. My brother would either have his own team or I'd have mine, but a few years we did play together. Always had a great round robin, but we were never able to get over the hump. And we had a variation of teams that we'd put together and always felt like we had strong teams but just couldn't get it done so competitive and I, when I talked about a few episodes ago about never being in a fight that's where I've been very close because every single year there was always an altercation at play on because wow. that's like you're up close and personal there's no equipment it's just up in like other up in each other's grill yelling at each other slashing like so many ankle hacks during street hockey's physical and one of my friends actually lost his tooth in this tournament so it gets wild up in <laughs> I get play on but my god did I ever love that tournament it was a two-day event the round robins the Saturday elimination Sunday and oh uh, we had so many good times at that tournament so that those are the ones I'm going to list off for now there I want to know, Eric. Like, what were the highlights at Blues Fest? Like, who are the best uh, performances? Oh, it's it's tough to really, really narrow it down. I did write a few down, and I feel like I'm omitting some. But, and this is probably I'm gonna catch some heat for this. But I listed Migos as one of my favorite ones because at that time, their album Culture, like that, just embodied where I was at in life of just like, like I don't know, like celebratorial party vibes, just good times. I was coming off some great travels. I was like, that was just the music I wanted to listen to all the time. I was just high on life. And they played the, that whole album at Blues Fest. I was with a good crew. We knew every song. It wasn't stupid, out of control. Whereas I know for some other areas at that concert, it, it did get out of hand. For us, it was just well-controlled, good vibes. Migos, for sure. Childish Gambino was actually the first person I ever saw at Blues Fest in 2014 loved wow. his set so much energy that was he was just coming off a because the internet album bought his t-shirt at that show so that was like an amazing show snoop dog the same day also so chill i've seen snoop twice at blues fest so chill every time love that show the killers a few years ago really good there was um like red hot chili peppers is really good greta van fleet really good like high energy show like, I don't know. I've seen so many people at Blues Fest. I would need to go through the lineup of every year and, like, write them down. But those are the ones I, right. I was able to think of before this episode quickly. That's one of my biggest regrets is not going there. I was going to say not going there enough, but I, I, I really hate to admit this, but I, I've never really gone to Blues Fest. And, like, it really pains me to say that. I've actually only been to two concerts in my whole life. If One thing the pandemic's shown me is, like, when they take away the like how much I would appreciate going to these things now that we don't have them. And Eric, just hearing you talk about those artists and groups, I'm like getting chills. Like I would love to have seen some of those shows live. And I don't know why I don't, but I really got to kick myself in the butt. And like when things get back to normal, don't not think about it. Just say yes to it. Like Jim Carrey and yes, man. I just, if someone asked me to go, I just say yes. I don't, I don't care about the logistics anymore. Whereas back in the day I would make an excuse. So that's awesome to hear Eric. 
just want to throw another one in there, which was <laughs> okay. just because like it ties into a family story as well, which was Run the okay. Jewels, which is like kind Oof. of like an underground. They're very underground at the time. So I saw them in 2015. And I remember what makes what this makes me think of is the next day it was our cousin Marise's wedding and her husband, wow. Mark, is a huge Run the Jewels fan. And I remember I spoke to him about the concert. Like, oh, man, it's a great show. He's like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I kind of had a commitment, you know. So I was like, obviously, he's not going to go to a concert the night before his wedding. But that was just like a, a, always makes me think of that. And um, that was also a great summer memory. Like that, that's one of my favorite weddings I've ever gone to. And weddings in the summer also some of my favorites as an adult, like, Oh yeah, good times. I don't know. Like, I hope weddings are able to get back to what they used to be because those are always amazing events and just fun times with the family and friends. Like, two of my really good friends have gotten married in September, but still, like that, I would classify early September as still summer. So yeah. those are definitely some of my favorite memories as an adult as well. Oh, the Marie's and Mark's wedding was iconic to me. It was. Oh yeah we were all seated at the same table, all the cousins. And there's a picture in my parents' house of like all, all of us there. And it captures that moment perfectly. Like all our hairstyles are completely different. And we all look, <laughs> we all look the same. Like we all resemble each other, but we we've changed so much too. No, that was a great time, Eric. I was just going to say, I think that's the first time that we were all able to like party together as cousins. Yes. Right? Like that was such a good time. I remember like you, me and Dill, went to the actual casino after and yes. like you were just i remember you betting aggressively on roulette just like ah it's, yes. ain't no thing just 50 bomb on black let's go and lost yeah, yeah. and you guys <laughs> oh, were like yeah, well, matt you would have won a you would have won a hundred and then i'm like no i want to i want 200 that's <laughs> uh, okay go big or go home i remember Respect. going with you and dylan that's right i knew this episode would make me nostalgic and like all giddy and it is now. Now I'm like a little bummed out, <laughs> but not in a bad way in an excited way in an excited way. No, no, no. That's the thing. Like, it's good that we have those memories to look back fondly yeah. on, right? Like I, I don't look yeah. back on that and like maybe a little bit, of course, like, oh, I wish we could do these things again, but we will again at some point. And it's just about like biding our time and we can still do stuff. Like when restrictions are getting lifted, I'll, I mean, I can't wait to go on patios and stuff and just like safely see people. Ever been to like uh, Calypso, Eric? Yeah. Or yeah. any water park? So that I would say again, like as a teenager, like that would fall under that category. I don't think I've ever gone in my 20s, but that was super fun. Like going to water parks, actually great summer memory as well. Like loved going to Cascade. Mm -hmm. There might be another, like maybe Saint-Sauvar a few times, something like that. I don't know. But yeah, man, um, Calypso was really fun. I went there three years ago to Calypso and I had a like I had lower expectations and I'm like oh I don't know if I'll have fun I I, I want to go back to Calypso every summer now like I would have went back if it wasn't for the pandemic I loved it I love that feeling like I, I went on every day like not dangerous huh? but the rides that nobody kind else of. wanted to go on like where the floor collapses when you're in a capsule and you cut the floor collapses and you almost 90 degree drop I don't sign know me I've up for that, that like the one I, yeah. I've done like a 90 degree drop one, but I, unless they've added that there's a floor at first and then it disappears yeah. and you just drop. I don't think that was there when I went there. Yeah. I mean, it's probably like 85 degrees. It's not actually nine. Like it has a little bit of an incline, but it's the collapsing floor that gets you because 
you don't know you know when it's gonna open you just don't know the exact or like, you know it's gonna open you just don't know when yeah it, that's true there's no like three yeah any any like when you get a rush you know like a roller coaster rush like i i experienced that at calypso because the rides were that high off like that tall and that steep you know i'm all about like that Sometimes people perceive me like, oh, Matt, you're not going to do anything like super exciting, like skydiving or bungee, like see me as more of a cautious person. But like, I, I love that thrill of like the danger of like crazy rides like that. I'm, I'm all in for that. I, like um, it. I just might not go like 180 on the highway and get that thrill. You know, I'm more oh, like, I'm not, hope not. <laughs> no, but like some people are more like daredevils. I'm not a daredevil, but I do like some excitement. Yeah. Like, would you go bu- bungee jumping or skydiving? Like, is that on your radar yeah. for like down the road? <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough question. Like, no, no. <laughs> you see, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to ski because I think it's too dangerous, but I'm willing to go on a really tall, like, water slide that maybe I can get, like, fall. Well, probably not. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm weird. I would go bungee jump. You know what? Yes, I would, Eric. Thank you. Because yeah. why not? I'm more, I, I don't know why I haven't done either of them, but I feel like I'm more likely to go skydiving than bungee <laughs> jumping because, I don't know, I feel like more, like, craziness and just, like, more of a rush. I feel like I'd be terrified bungee jumping. I'd probably be terrified skydiving. But once I'm in the air, like there's also someone with you. So right. I feel like there'd be that safety net there for me as well. Whereas who knows like what will happen with this. Ro- I know it's not a rope there, but whatever it is, like that <laughs> device. So. An elastic. Thing. Yeah. I don't know. I trust the operator behind me bungee skydiving more than the bungee jump i hear you skydiving there's all the open air that you're falling into but bungee jumping is more constrained like to yes. that little spot where you're jumping off of and who knows what will happen exactly i don't know there's so much stuff no that i wanted like the, if any the covid's only been good to like show me like kick my ass and say matt you need to do all these awesome things now because you you couldn't do them in these last two years so like i I'm excited to have a real summer where I can try all these new things and get out of my comfort zone. That's what I really need to do in life right now. Get out of my comfort zone because it's a great feeling. It's not as scary as it seems, right? Like, and exactly. even me, like I have a bunch of stuff that I still need to get out of like my shell for. Like, and just do it. Like stuff that worries me. Like, there's no need to worry really about these things. Like, yeah, maybe a little tricky, but just once you're in it like figure it out and if it goes very poorly well at least you tried kind of thing you know so yeah it's never as bad as what you're imagining in your head just trying to think like uh something else that in the last few years i've done in summer that i used always i've always done as a kid and i talked about earlier in the pod which is golf like that's something that i grew Mm. up on and i've always known and been a pretty good golfer but it's something that i never really wanted to do but now it was four years ago, summer 20, I guess, 18. It just like randomly clicked. Like I want to golf all the time now. And now I'm, I'm hooked. I've got the golf bug and it's been an amazing outing for me to be able to do, especially with COVID. And that, like, that's one of the few ways I can go out and see friends and family as well. So my game at the time of recording is not where I want it to be golfing tomorrow morning so i do hope that i can have a solid round but you know what at the end of the day like it doesn't really matter even if i don't have an amazing round it's i'll have some good shots and i cherish those and i mostly cherish like the good times with the people i'm with 
Like right now, like that's worth its weight in gold and just being able to see people that I used, like if I'm going with work friends, people that I would see on a daily basis, like just some friendly chirps to a basam, you know, like you, you don't get those on a daily basis, but on the golf course, it's just like no mercy, but it's fun. So yeah, golf, uh, definitely something I would recommend, Matt, if you want to like try something new for sure. And that's something we could all do. Like I'm in my mind, I'm just going to throw this out there is okay. something I would like for us down the road as a family would be if all the cousins, we could just go out on our own golf trips down the road. But that's like, that's a project. You know, we got to work our way there. That's and a long term. It. Yeah. It's not all about what I want. It's yeah. what the people want, but yeah. I feel like that'd be cool. Hey, my dad's been trying to get me into golf since like I was 10. Like, He's like, let's go hit some balls. Cause I, like someone once told me, he's like, Matt, you don't have the patience to get good enough at golf to actually want to play. And I looked at them and I said, yeah, you're right. I don't want to put in all the hours to be decent. Cause I like, I, I can't go on the golf course and be crap. Like I know myself, I have to have at least the basics and hit the ball properly. Eric, like a cousin's golf trip would be like, if, if I knew how to, if I was good at golf or knew how to play, yeah, I'd be down for that. Like sign me up day one, but I'm just like, I need to I need to actually like learn the fundamentals first. So maybe an um, easier cousins trip would just be a cousins trip like somewhere like a yeah wherever yeah. like if whether that be a Europe or a like on a resort Ooh. or something I don't know. Well, that's a conversation for another time. For, but yeah, stuff, something to think about, right? Uh, yeah, I'm always down for that. How many times have I mentioned this on past episodes? I want to travel more. Like I need to travel more. I've wasted like many years not traveling so and i'm not getting any younger <laughs> it's a long but, life uh, no, there's no, yeah. rush. no i know you're right i'm i'm i joke people i joke at work all the time like i'm getting old but then i look around and they're all older than me and i'm like okay i'm gonna <laughs> take the foot out of my mouth right now yeah. <laughs> my foot out of my mouth <laughs> so did, did we get any like uh listener submissions of their favorite yes. summer activities so I, Eric? I was just gonna say that thank you for the reminder so I'll go in order. So Zach also responded for um, favorite summer memories. He also said Pong Tourney. So that's uh, something that hopefully we can get going again down the road. And um, it'd be nice to get a Matt appearance as well. We'll see if we can lock you in there. But first, we got to get it going again, right? So we'll see. Yeah, I didn't want to mention earlier, but like you guys have invited me. That That's oh, yeah. all on me, Eric. And then you know what? Like. I'm there day one the next time it happens because, like, I've never experienced this, so. That's the thing. We did our due diligence, and it didn't line up. It's all good. Like, there's no, definitely no resentment or, like, anger towards you for not attending, but (laughs) it would have been nice, you know. Like, Sarah was someone who actually went, she's been to all of them, I think, like, loyal (laughs) attendee. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I mean, it's always, always been a good time. So, hopefully, we can get that going again down the road. The next one was from your mom, actually, so Taunt Mary, and oh. she said going to Stella Luna for gelato, which I believe you also mentioned, which would be a nice outing after going to the Mayfair Theater. I've never been there. Add on the list. Stella Luna. What's the go-to gelato? That's impossible to answer. There's so many flavors. Funny thing, I always get sorbet when I go there. I get, like, the mango and raspberry sorbet, which <laughs> I adore. It's so, like, you can eat endless amounts. I'm not a cho- I don't I'm not a big ice cream person and all the chocolate favor- flavors 
I stay away from all that. I just want like a fruit and a nice like fruit sorbet. Mango and raspberries both made my top five fruit list in episode 40. So that's a that's a winning combo platter for Excellent. sure. So the next one, thank you, Tom Mary. The next one was from the homie Zane Merhi. And his answer was balling out with the boys, the barbecue, or just laying on the floor on a hot summer day. So I'm assuming he means like on a like cold tile which I, I can see that. And like, if it's really hot inside and you want to lie like on the cold floor, that can be some sort of relief. Can't say it's my go-to, but I've like, I've seen it. I've seen it done before. I feel like for sure though, like playing sports and barbecues, a staple like third point, like no, no, no comment. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Does he mean lying outside on the in the grass or actually like indoors on the floor? I don't, I don't know. know. It's up for interpretation. Yeah. If you had to choose though, on the grass outside or on a cold tile inside on a hot day, what what are you going for? Going for going outside, like putting a towel down and laying down like for a picnic or whatever and just chilling, like getting a tan on or whatever. Okay, I hope that's what he meant, because mine is not getting any love here. So yeah, thank you for the <laughs> submission. <laughs> so the next one was from our aunt Tan Nicole. Shout out planes, trains, and automobiles. Was co- cottage living for a week with the kids, PEI camping trip with the kids, and pool time. So she actually had two submissions. So that was for like memories back in the day. For nowadays, it's cycling, gardening, chilling in the gazebo playing board games in the gazebo all of that sounds amazing i mean we didn't really talk about cottages but like that wasn't really part of my childhood so i didn't have anything to add on that i'm not a cottage person i like cottages one of my friends had a cottage that we used to go to back in the day we went a few summers that was always fun and like they had a boat as well and i was always like a big tubing guy which i feel like is underrated you guys nowadays it's like everyone's about the water skiing the kneeboarding i'm not i'm old school slap me on a tube hang on for dear life and i'm happy you know i don't need much more (laughs) so yeah those those were good times and like that would be more in adult years but also went to cottages with like other families back in the day when we were in our teens. So that was all also fun. And like just going on like a pedalo, a kayak, canoe, stuff like that was always fun. Summer's the best. Like in my opinion, it's just the best. I can't, I'm so happy it's almost summer. It's June, early June at the time of recording. There's a lot that's coming for us. Like for me, like this is the, we're entering the next phase of COVID and now we're leaving. I think in my opinion, anyways, we're leaving the dark age of COVID and heading towards a more positive time. And by the time this has dropped, I'll have gotten my first vaccine. Let's go. So nice. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Booking that vaccine. I had an adrenaline rush, just waiting in that portal. I've never been that excited in my life. To book a vaccine because of what the vaccine symbolized. That was like, it meant not just getting a shot in my arm. It was a return to society. That's what that meant. And I was, I couldn't believe how fired up I was at just booking it. So that's all I have to say on that. I know you've gotten your first dose, Matt. So how have things been for you since then? Nothing's changed. I mean, I had arm pain for a day and that's it. Do we want to move into our our new last segment that we're going to be doing? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So I'm... 
we're still looking for a name for this segment, but it's something that we talked about in that, like, we often go long stretches of episodes without covering certain topics that we may want to discuss. For example, like, music, TV shows, or, okay, yeah, we talk about movies a lot, but still... <laughs> There's a lot that happens in between us recording these episodes and we wanted to talk about some things that we're either like watching, reading, listening to, etc. And just give you some freebie recommendations at the end of the yeah. episode. So maybe like random recommendations. I don't know. Double R. That could be the name of a little segment that we're going to incorporate at the end of our episodes. So Matt, I'll throw it over to you first. What are some recommendations that you'd like to give out to the listeners? I'll start off with what I'm reading right now. And we, we've brought this book up during the book club episode. It was the, um, this, the Atomic Habits, basically. Very close to finishing it. I loved every minute of this book. Like, it is so easy to read and understand the ideas the author's bringing to us. Like, I, I felt like I understood everything he was saying, I was like vibing with. It was really good. And some of the stuff I was doing already, and I was like, great. I like how interactive the book is, too. That's what I took out. Like, I was creating little lists on the side and writing down a lot of the lines from the book. I was writing down lines on my uh, board on my fridge nice. with a marker um, to remember because I'm like, oh, this is a really good line, a really good quote, really. So that's what I'm finishing right now. I want to talk about it. Well, actually, let's go with, are you reading anything right now, Eric? Okay, so book? yes, and I will recommend one as well. I just want to comment before I forget. What a what a book. First of all, I love that. I'm glad you're liking it. I did think you would enjoy it. And I swear almost every few pages there was a quote that stuck out to me. Like, I'm taking a picture of this quote yeah. because it's so relatable and powerful. And I love how it was written. James Clear. I'm going to have to look into more of his books. And what I'm reading right now is I'm actually... Well, I'm still going through the 48 Laws of Power. It's a, like, I love the book, but it's kind of tough to, like, it's, it's very heavy. Like, I really have to focus. So what is nice is that right now I'm reading Crime and Punishment by Fyodor Dostoevsky, which I'm loving. I, my friend actually kind of recommended it to me, and he said, like, that his style of writing is difficult to get into. Like, some people don't like it, but I love it. I'm 100 pages in. It's fun to read a fiction book. And there, I can see how there's a lot up for analysis in this, but I'm just thoroughly enjoying the story. Have you read it, Matt? Or? No, and you make me laugh. You're like, I don't want... I, laws of Power is complicated, so I'm, so now I'm reading Crimes and Punishment. It's like arguably one of the most famous, well, super famous literary work that's... It's a brick, isn't it? It, it is a brick, but you know what? Yeah. It's, I, 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 I don't know. I just like the way it's written, and I do enjoy reading a good fiction right now. Like I've read a lot of nonfiction this year, and for me, it's a good okay. return to reading a story, like an actual narrative... Okay. And I don't think it's written overly complicated. It's yeah, there are a lot of maybe complex words in it, but it's a very simple narrative to follow. I would recommend it. Like I'm a hundred percent recommending it. I'm not just okay. talking about it because I'm reading it. I recommend this book, and I'm not even like a halfway through it. I I feel though it'd take me a whole year to read though. I don't know. I'm a hundred down, and I'm I don't plan on like I'm re I've been reading a bit every day, and oh, okay. Like, I don't know. I'm finding it kind of easy to read through, to be honest. Maybe misconception about that book. While Maybe. it's put on a pedestal of elite literature, trust yeah. me, it's not like other stuff I've read that has been a slog to get through, even though they are fiction novels. Like, I'm, I love how it's written, personally. I, can't, I don't know. Okay. I can't really get into detail as to why I like it. I just find it's, it flows well for me. I'm 
liking the protagonist. I'm interested to see where it's going to go. There's good suspense in there. And some pages were maybe a little long, like a lot of monologues and stuff. But yeah, so that would be my book. I'm not going to keep going. Well, talking about out of my comfort zone, that that book would be out of my comfort zone. So maybe I need to jump on that. Okay, um, TV, like this is really like, I'm going to mention this TV show super fast. I only watch one TV show at a time. So once I mention a TV show, it's going to be the only show I'm watching for two months. So I'm watching Shit's Creek right now with Eugene Levy. Oh my, I love it because I don't have to think and it's like a time filler. You know, if I have 20 minutes to spare, watch an episode of Shit's Creek. The writing's really solid and it's it's not like The Office or Friends or whatever, but I mean, it's still really, really well written and well acted. You've heard of Shit's Creek, Eric? Of course. And yeah. it cleaned up at the Emmys last year, yeah. right? So, you know, and I know they're doing something right over there. I'll quickly add a TV show as well that I'm watching, which is I'll shout out Jesse Ravel from last episode. He got me into this because you two wouldn't stop talking about this show was oh. Twin Peaks. So I've actually started it. I'm loving it right now. I'm I'm on the first episode of season two. Oh, wow. Good. Wow. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's surprising me a little bit in that I didn't think season one would end how it did. I don't know if you really distinctly remember how season one ends. I don't want to get into it really, but I'm really enjoying it. It's like it's reminding me of True Detective, which is a show I really loved on HBO. That's all I'll say. If you have Crave, I would definitely recommend. It. It's a good murder mystery show with a little bit of uh, of weird stuff in there too. I'm just starting to get on to some um, fantastical components of the show, but I'm really enjoying it. Some great acting, and I love the characters. Good stuff. So yeah, Twin Peaks, 1990s. Oh. Eric, the show gets weirder and weirder. Like, we will be talking about the ending when you finish. And okay. yeah, let's just save it. We could dedicate half an episode to that show. Okay, movie. Well, I've I watched a ton of movies, obviously, since our last what we watched in quarantine episode. Um, I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to bring up three movies. Okay, keep it yeah. simple. Two of them, I consider them hidden gems. And one of them is a movie that came out this year. So I'll be talking about the movie that came out this year first. Mortal Kombat. It is a movie where the story is complete and utter, utter garbage, but the fight scenes and the action, which is rated R and gory, choreographed beautifully and amazingly done. Just like the video game. It's like you're playing the video game almost, and like you you notice little things when if you've ever played the game as a kid, there's just so many little like Easter eggs. Really fun movie. Do I recommend it? If you're any fan of like a good narrative, no, I don't recommend it. If you like shut your brain off action, like Transformers, it's a really quick and easy watch. It's a really easy watch and it's gory, but not like over over the top, but it's not like a dark tone. You know, it's, it's really, it's funny. It's cheesy. It's a, it's a cheese fest. So that's Mortal Kombat. And now I'm going to rattle off two hidden gems. Okay. And this might be something I start now, like mentioning hidden gems every episode because there's hundreds of them. Both of these movies are horror slash thrillers, and they can both be, f- uh, one of them can be found on Amazon Prime, and I'll talk about that one first. It's called No One Lives, and it's with Luke Evans. Kind of before Luke Evans was known like for starring in The Hobbit and Fast and Furious 6 and uh, Beauty and the Beast, but Luke Evans is, I, I don't want to give anything away, but he, like, he's a complete badass in this movie. Someone you root for, but is not like a perfect. Anyways, I'm not gonna say anything else. It's just a, it's a, it's like a revenge movie, a thriller, a lot of survivalism. 
it's bonkers the movie it's extremely gory and that's why i kind of say horror film it's very explicit but it's a quick watch and it's it's kind of a badass movie in my opinion it's called no one lives and i believe it's on amazon prime now did i overhype am i overhyping this a little i don't think so personally i think it's like a hidden like nobody talks about this movie it's not an unhinged Derek. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Where I, I didn't led people wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my parents, uh, I've been, unhinged has been a topic with a lot of my friends where I kind of steered them wrong. Um, the other movie, I don't know where you can find this because I have the DVD and I couldn't find it on streaming, but it's called The Collector. The movie is about like a robber, a, a robber trying to rob this rich house. And he's our main character in the movie. But while he's robbing this these rich people, and he's doing this for good reasons, quote unquote, like to help his wife and daughter. But he comes across this sadistic killer who at the same time is like holding this family hostage and like playing sadistic games with them. So he just stumbles upon this. And he is aware that there's a killer in the house. But the killer isn't aware that the, the burglar's in the house yet. So it's a cat and mouse game of like being quiet and sneaking around this huge mansion. It's a really good movie. It's called The Collector. And there's a lot of like the, this sadistic killer in the house has set up traps throughout the whole house. Kind of like Home Alone style. Where it's like our, our main character, the burglar, like he has to like dodge all these traps and go into different rooms. It's really, it's a really... Uh, cool movie actually yeah, it's like a good twist very on, like, the home invader kind of thing like, yeah uh, it made yeah. me think of hush initially but now it's more like saw actually okay. with the go. traps yeah it's very very br- uh, gory though um and there's like a second one there's a sequel too um so no one lives in the collector they're both like thriller horror films very hidden gem like they don't get talked they don't get the love they deserve okay so I wanted to bring those up. I rewatched both of those movies. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah. I am unfortunately don't have much to offer as far as movies are concerned. I've really been out of the game for movies. I haven't been watching them. The last one I watched was Army of the Dead, which I will not be recommending. Uh. I mean, I did, I'm saddened to say that I did recommend it to some people. Basam, actually, and he got back to me and he absolutely hated this movie. And the more I think of it, the more I dislike it as well. Like, not. Anyways, I'm not gonna get into it, but like, it's. I think I'm with you, Eric. Like, not much happens. I'll just say that. So, I mean, I feel like, and I even posted this on Instagram. I think this would have been a great movie to see in theaters with that energy. I think that would have really brought up my enjoyment or increase my enjoyment of the movie with like people cheering and stuff. But the more I read about comments and analysis on the movie. <laughs> it's really underwhelming. So I, I'm not recommending that. But other than that, I don't have any movies. I guess that's a reverse recommendation. But yeah, to stay away from. Yeah. Go into quickly, I just want to recommend because we're going to do a top like 2021 hip hop albums. And I don't want to wait until like it would be early next year that we do this episode. I don't want to wait until then to talk about one of these albums because as of now, this album would definitely be on my list. And I don't think it's one that is going to be on everyone's list. I don't even know if you've listened to it, Matt, or would rank it highly on your list. But right now, this is one of my favorites of 2021. Hyping it up like I like you did Unhinged, which is <laughs> the album called <laughs> Mud Mouth by Yellow Wolf. Did you listen to this album, Matt? No, but I will tomorrow. Okay. 
So I'm not going to give heavy analysis on this album, but unless things drastically change and a bunch of artists drop album of the year contenders, this will a hundred percent, you can guarantee be on my top 10 rap albums of the year list. I'm a big, I've always been a big fan of Yellow Wolf's ever since he came out on the scene in, I think 2010 is when I became aware of him. So that just speaks on the longevity he's had in the game. In having a few hits on the radio, a few hits, but nothing crazy, and being signed on Eminem's label, what he's done to not only reinvigorate his career, but like stay relevant really and drop like good material is incredible. I respect the heck out of his consistency. And I'll just say, I don't know if you're aware of this, Matt, but Yellow Wolf has dropped five albums this year. So, but they've all been like collaboration albums or labeled as mixtapes and mud. And they've all led up to this album called mud mouth. And he dropped an album every week in April, all leading up to this album. And I didn't listen to two of them in their entirety because I was like, okay, like I'm kind of getting tired of listening to him. But I did have a feeling that the last one, which was his studio album, would be a little better than the rest. 100% is. In my opinion, this is one of his best albums. We'll have to give it time, but I could eventually consider it to be his best album. I'm a huge fan of his albums Love Story, which dropped in 2015, and Ghetto Cowboy in 2019. But this is a a great album, a great variety of styles on there. He's such a versatile artist. I'm going to keep some of the rest of the stuff I could say about the album for our full analysis episode. But I hope I've convinced some people anyways to listen to this album. Yellow Wolf, amazing artist. I'm not just going to label him as a rapper. He's a musician. I'll give him his full props as far as what he's brought on this album, 100%. Well, you've convinced me, Eric. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. So, And I have been listening to, like, you've had a lot of Yellow Wolf songs in your playlist you're sending me, and I've been, that caught my eye because I didn't really know anything about him. So I love discovering new things, new artists, new movies. So excellent. That's great. So, yeah, that's what I got for music anyways. For, like, 2021, uh, that's what I'll stick to for now. I've listened to more, I think, mediocre stuff for music for (laughs) hip-hop albums 2021. I think that's always the case, right? Like, I think the more we go into the year, more stuff gets released, and we're like, okay, it's actually actually another solid year. Same thing with movies. You always have to wait till the end of the year, so. It's funny Um, how they do that, eh? Yeah, it's almost, yeah. (laughs) It's always the case. Everyone says the year sucks for music or movies till yeah. oh no it's actually been a great year 100 percent. and there's also yeah. stuff that you just discover later like years later mm. like okay like oh mm-hmm. i didn't know this album dropped in 2019 or like i thought 2019 was a bad year for rap and then i discovered a bunch of albums after the fact like late last year and then i was like oh my god there's so many good albums that dropped that year so yeah, what Mao was alluding to earlier is that I've created, a, compiled a few playlists on Apple Music. If anyone does have Apple Music and wants some recommendations, again, in line with what we're talking about now, I'm more than happy to share some of these that have a lot of variety of music on there. Like, they're mostly rap, but still. And um, 
like Tame Impala, you know, I got some different stuff on there too. So always happy really to good. recommend and to hear recommendations as well. So if you have your own recommendations, did you have anything else, Matt, to add, like anything else or? I watched, oh, I wrote, I write down at the end of the month, how many movies I watched. I watched 43 movies in May. And I mean, like I could list them all if <laughs> that would be a whole episode. Right. That's so true. like there, I have to be super selective here, but maybe, uh, maybe a sign of things to come though. There you go. So, I expect a similar rundown in June. For June, we'll see how many movies were consumed and uh, hopefully a good list of recommendations. But yeah, I mean, I think that's it for like summer. I'm, I'm sure there's other yeah. stuff we could think about, but I, like I didn't prepare that much. It just, a lot of it just came to me and exactly. I'm sure for you and just like looking back on those memories, like I'm always excited to create new memories. And, the, and like in the summer, like that's when a lot of stuff happens, so. I think we're, I think we're still gonna have a good summer. Twenty twenty one prediction. I think this summer will be good. I think twenty twenty two will be off the wall. I think we're like people are gonna go nuts next year. They're already going nuts in the states. I don't know if you're seeing these clips, but it seems like they're really back to form, and people are just wow. partying it up. And I do think that it's gonna take a bit more time for us to get to that point. But I think next summer is gonna be insane. But I still think we're going to have a great summer in 2021. So optimistic. No, I love it. I think we will go crazy, though, once uh, the high of, like, all that stuff behind us, you know, we're going to we're gonna let loose. I know I am pretty much saving all my money right now to go out and, like, buy <laughs> drinks and food, like, at restaurants and stuff because there's nothing to do right now. I'm already waiting for that moment, Eric, that, like, ex- that the high, you know. Uh, the celebration <laughs> but yeah it was a, this was another great episode eric um we probably missed some stuff that like oh how do we not talk about that but like i mean we're only here we can't talk all night and exactly i just i had a blast talking like reminiscing with you is amazing and we could do it we could do it all day literally because i have like we both have good memories and especially i remember the good times and i had a lot of good times with you when i was younger so ditto man and i'm sure like in you saying that i'm sure our family are gonna be like how did you not talk about this and like you forgot yeah. about that and like i'm 100 percent. i know i'm gonna hear it from my mom and my bro 100 <laughs> percent. but it's all good like like you get on here and like remember try to remember everything it's not that easy so we, we do our best but it's um it's just only we're only human and of course we're yeah. not gonna remember everything if we prep for like weeks in advance of course we'd we'd get more but still forget stuff so yeah, I mean, I think we can wrap it up there. So thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. I'll throw it over to Matt first, though. Matt, any final notes to the listeners? No, just everyone. Like, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And on a side note, like, shoot me any recommendations on what you've been watching and reading or TV shows, music. Like, I love that stuff. Reach out to me on Instagram or Messenger. Everyone look out for, like, we will have a good time really soon, like Eric was saying. Like, I'm optimistic, too. But just for now, just be a little bit more patient and just stay safe out there and be positive. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Same here. Thanks a lot to everybody for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe, everybody. Love you all. And yeah, peace.